be here this morning? Come on. Are you excited to be here this morning? We are, we are so blessed this morning to have you here with us. Um, and I'm going to just open up with a couple of announcements. And uh, for those of you who are visiting, uh, we're going to let you know right now. Um, this will probably be a little bit different service this morning, and that's all right. Uh, you'll understand why here in just a little bit. Um, we have, say this word with me, opportunity. Say opportunity with me. You ready? Opportunity. We have a huge number of opportunities this morning um, for, for you to serve along with us and uh, bless uh, members of the, of, of the church family here. So we thank you guys for being here um, and coming this morning. Uh, for those of you who are watching online, we love you. Uh, let's give them a round of applause as they're joining us online. Thank you so much. Uh, for those you don't know, we, uh, we have people from all over the world who tune in, um, all over the, uh, the U.S., all over the world. We're so excited that you're here with us this morning. Um, go ahead and hit that share button. And for those of you who are sitting in here, uh, this is very important today. Please hit the share button on your phone. You can have your phone out in church. It's okay. You can even get on Facebook this morning. Carlene, you can get on Facebook. You're doing it right now. I love it. Get on there. Get on Facebook. Share out the, uh, the service so all your friends can get on. Um, anybody that, that you may know that, it just makes a huge difference on reaching, uh, reaching those who uh, are just sitting at home uh, this morning or are at work and looking for something, just browsing Facebook, and God's going to reach out and touch them. Um, also online, you, you, we do have push pay up available. Uh, you can access uh, that through the Facebook um, or on BoxCast. Um, so Doug, uh, hey Doug, raise your hand up here. Doug right now is, uh, he uh, was leading a baptism class this morning, and um, we are excited because next week will be baptismal. So we will have baptismal next week. Um, we're excited about that. We got a great group. How many are we planning on, Doug? Six to eight of them. We got six to eight of them that we're planning on, so we are excited for next week for baptism. And then today, today at 4 o'clock, Today at 4 o'clock, if you are feeling young and energetic, um, they are going to be meeting 4 o'clock at the trailhead in Shipshawana uh, to bike uh, down to, basically down to Dairy Queen and back. That's the only reason you bike the trail. You bike to Dairy Queen, you bike back. And that's why, uh, that's why uh, you're going to be doing that. So 4, uh, four o'clock uh, at the trailhead in Shipshawana. Um, go ahead and be uh, meeting up there, and they'll be heading out, grabbing a little dessert, and then and then heading back. And so, um, if we could, if we uh, Lisa, if you could go ahead and drop the lights down uh, for us, we're gonna get started on a couple of things this morning um, that we really wanna we wanna view as opportunity, but we also wanna know that there is uh, a need. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard, uh, two of our young men, um, young men that we love very much. Um, were involved uh, in a very serious auto accident um, on their way back from Colorado. Um, they both were lifted to uh, a hospital out in Colorado um, with the, uh, the extent of everything still being found out, but we can tell you now it's, they've got a long road to recovery. Um, but as we, we talked about and as I was wrestling with this and uh, God right away kind of struck me a little bit, and you hate to, uh, to see other people being the ones who suffer it, but I, God reminded me uh, just a little bit ago of the sermon we preached about um, being in the tomb. And there's times when uh, we have to enter into the mouth of the tomb for God to be able to bring life and to, to raise uh, back from the dead. 
and to, to, to bring miracles. And, and we would never. We hate to see these opportunities come up because it means there's pain and there's suffering. But we also love to see the name of Jesus lifted up. And already we're seeing that take place as we've seen so many people step up, so many people come forward, so many people who, uh, who, who are wanting to help. And so we've got two, uh, two guys today that uh, we're going to let them share really quick on a couple of things that they're going to be doing. Um, so uh, we got first up, uh, we got Billy Johnson. Come on up here, Billy. Uh, Billy has a, a, a company that he, uh, that he own. You own it, right? You work... You, He's got a part. He's got a part in it. Um, but they are uh, it's Grand Traverse Sauce Company, and they're looking at helping out. So he's going to fill you in a little bit, uh, really quick, on what they're going to be doing to help. Yeah, real quick, um, we're going to do 20% of all of our online sales. We're going to let it run for as long as they need, whether it's weeks, months, years, whatever it takes. At checkout, use code FFM. 20% of whatever the purchase price is going to go right here. It's going to be designated for them, the families. Um, I've been in the family situation. My parents were in a horrible accident. Um, mom was in a coma, the same kind of thing. And we know what it's like when you love someone and you want to help them. And so that's all we want to do. Um, like I said, for as long as it takes, no matter what, no exclusions, all the online stuff, right to them. Come on up here, Just Listen, the sauce is amazing. The ability to give and support is even greater. And Billy, I, I pray that God... Uh, just absolutely blesses your business for what you guys are doing. So make sure there the information's up there. Make sure you get out. Um, you know, take a photo if you need to. We're going to have this up on social media. We'll have it on Facebook. Throughout this whole thing, we're going to have it all over Facebook and, and, and you know wherever you want to, and Twitter and some of those areas to where you can go get it. But please get some get some good sauce and support these guys um, in, in helping with uh, some of their costs. So next up, we got uh, Mr. Justin Rudder here. He's going to talk a little bit about um, some opportunities they've got, and it's already blowing up. Really, I mean, God's already shown Himself faithful um, for these guys. So Justin's uh, going to talk a little bit about that opportunity. Thank you, Matt. Uh, just real quick, I'll get through this fast. Um, I've been doing some online auctions as a kind of part-time gig, and um, long story short, the other night we had expected one number, and we just prayed that God would bless it. We were going to put some money towards these families, and he doubled it. Uh, it was the biggest auction we've ever done. So through that, we had such a response. Yeah, that's good. Um, through that, we had such a response from people. These people are buying things from, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, Pennsylvania, South Carolina. Um, I had a gentleman who, uh, his name is Mike Lee. Um, he said he's going to donate a fishing charter uh, for this coming spring towards the cause also. So what we're going to end up doing, uh, it's usually like a $500 charter. It comes with everything except your travel and food. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to auction this off and... Uh, We'll get more information on it if you're interested. We'll probably end up doing it online in some type of online platform, but it was just really cool, the response just from people that have no idea who these guys are and just the love that was in the room that night. And uh, so I just wanted to announce that. That's going to be coming up. Keep, keep watching on Facebook and social media, and that'll be going. If you're if any kind of outdoorsman like these guys are, um, you know, it's just it's all going to all the proceeds are going to go right to their families. So thank you very much. So again, opportunity. And uh, for those of you who don't know, just to, I mean, I just, I kind of got into it where I assumed everybody kind of knows. Um, so it's, it's Atticus and Caden, um, and uh, they are, uh, I mean, Caden, I've known Caden since he was smaller than me, and that was a long time ago. Um, he is, they are both big dudes. Um, and I think 
God's going to speak prophetically through that of how he's going to lift them up, and we're going to view them as giants um, within uh, the within the within the church and within what God is doing. Um, so again, there's opportunity, and um, get on, please get on and support. Whether you like hot sauce or not, buy it and let me have it. If you don't want to go, uh, if you don't want to go on a charter, buy it and send it to me. I'll take care of it for you. Please get on, support these guys. We've also got um, so George's Taco Shack, which is. Um, uh, he's related to, to Tanya and down by is LaGrange usually, LaGrange area. Um, they're giving uh, parts of their sales. Please, um, every, I mean, everybody, if you haven't seen something on Facebook yet, I'm, I promise you it's being shared. Uh, people are getting it on there. Please get on and look. Um, look for that opportunity. Um, the GoFundMe account has been set up is what we see there. Um, and, and because of people's generosity, that is already over $10,000. $10,000. And this, uh, this is going to, uh, to support them. Thankfully, most of their, uh, their costs are already taken care of uh, as far as health. Um, their, their insurance, they both have insurance. Um, that Thank you, Jesus, is, um, is good health insurance. So we're not too worried on that. What we're looking to do is because the families have to basically move out there and live out there for the next several uh, months until or weeks or months or whatever it is going to be. We're looking to support them as they do that. They're going to be out of work. They're going to be away from home, and we want to continue to support them. So that's what we're looking to raise this for. Um, so please follow um, on Facebook uh, for updates. Um, for Caden, if you're looking for updates, you can go to Caring Bridge. Um, they have updates going on on there, and they're working on for Atticus as well. Um, so there's opportunity. There's opportunity to show love. There's benefits to being a part of the family. And they have been faithful, and now it is our turn to be faithful to them. And so we have opportunity. And we're going, to, uh, we're going to go through this first song, and then after that I'm going to come back up, and we're going to go through a time of prayer and just crying out to God because we believe, we believe that God still calls Lazarus out of, out of the grave, even today. That God still makes the, 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 he can still make the lame to walk and the blind to see. We believe that God was not surprised by this event, and God has a plan for this event. And we believe. And we're going to believe, and we're going to walk it in faith. So I'm going to ask you to stand uh, with me this morning as we go into this first song. And I want you to prepare your as we're singing this uh, first song, prepare your hearts. Um, as we go into a time of prayer um, following the song, just be ready to, to cry out, call out to God, and begin to believe that we are going to see the miracle that God wants to, uh, to perform through this situation.
This morning to us, I'm going to ask you to just remain standing. Debbie, come on up. We just, we're going to take some time. We're not going to worry about, we are going to make sure that we get to the word. We're going to make sure that we get to what God wants to do. But we're also going to make sure that we're going to give time here to allow God just to move and to speak. What I've loved already is that he's already uh, spoken uh, through his word. How many of you know that God has spoken and all you need to do sometimes is open up your Bible and just read? We get stuck waiting for years for God to speak to us and we don't open the Word of God to read what He's already spoken. And God has spoken and He's spoken life. He has spoken healing. He has spoken renewal. So let's hear what God is speaking this morning. I was reading my devotion this morning was written in 2010, but God knew we needed this today. This is what I was reading. It's in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8, I'm starting with. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our afflictions, which come to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, 
so that we despaired even in life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves in order that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivers us from such great peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us through prayer that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed upon us through the power of many prayers. This is the message that he gave us this morning. And when I was thinking about these two young gentlemen, we already see a group of people praying for them and things that are happening. And we continue to pray for them and for others who are in need of healing, those that are hurting, those that are just struggling with everyday life. As we pray together as a unit, we have a strength and power that is greater than anything, and we need to use it daily. Who heard that at the end? The prayers of many. Look around you. Are, how many are here this morning? There's many. That's right. There's many. And we don't do enough where we just take time during a service to just pray. I don't want anybody uncomfortable this morning with silence. But I want this morning to be a time going to set aside, you know what, all those distractions that are outside those doors, they're going to still be there when we're done. But for right now, we're going to just put them out of our mind. We're going to continue to play worship. We're going to continue to let the music go, and we're going to, I'm going to ask that many, that many this morning, just join in. We're going to pray, and if you need to come to the front, that's great. Come to the front. Come to the altar. If you need to surround somebody that you know is close to these gentlemen and pray over them, go, go get them and pray for them. But right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just set the microphone down. And we're going to just listen to the music, and we're going to pray. Lift your voice and shout if you need to shout your prayer, or pray internally if you need to pray internally. Whatever, uh, whatever you feel that God is leading you to, there is no expectation on your prayer. So let's just enter in. Let's just enter in. As we go, God, we just call out. Please, Holy Spirit, come and hear our prayers this morning.
this morning for healing. If you are here this morning, I feel that God has come this morning to, to, to heal that which is sick. If you are here this morning and you need a touch from God, you need a healing touch from God, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to come forward and, and receive prayer. We have people who will come and pray for you. If there is somebody here this morning and you would like to receive uh, that prayer for healing, we're going to leave that open for you to come right now and just uh, and to be prayed over and to receive that this morning. And we're going to give just a, going to give a little bit longer here, just crying out, Lord, lifting out to you uh, our prayer, Father. to pray. We're getting ready for a, a song that is one that God has just spoken so clearly. And as we see giant walls uh, in front of us, as we see what, uh, what these young men are facing and, and maybe what you're facing in your own life, but we see what Atticus and Caden are, are, are confronted with this morning and we see the giant walls um, that are there and we just look at them and wonder you know what God how could we come to this point God you, you, you're you not going to abandon us you're not going to fail us but God uh, we, we've got nothing left to do but to, to cry out to you Lord that's what we come with this morning because here's the truth here's the truth for you this morning I've seen God do this before and bring glory to his name and I believe he's going to do it again he's going to, to bring uh, healing he's going to, to bring uh, joy to the situation and he's going to once again prove his name worthy and mighty in this place he's going to do it again He's going to do it again. Who believes it this morning? Who believes it? Do it again, God. Do it again, God. Do it again. Who's with me? Shout it out with me. Do it again. Do it again. I believe it because I've read about it. I've read it. I've seen it. I believe it. And he's going to do it again. I want us to come with expectation. I want us to come with boldness before the throne this morning. I want us to come as an army ready to go to battle this morning. Because I believe this is God calling us out, truly expecting to see what, uh, to see what we're made of, to see what, what we are willing to do. Are we willing to battle? Are we willing to fight? Are we willing to lay it down and come before him and say, God, I've seen you do it once. I'm ready to see you do it again. How many times did they walk around Jericho? How many days did he lay in the tomb before Lazarus was brought back? Who's ready to see a miracle? Who's ready to see God move? Who's ready for a touch in your own life? I'm ready. I've, I'm just, I've been, it's been boiling up inside of me. It's been just 
expectation God's going to do something. And I'm going to wrap up my talking here in a little bit. But I want to challenge you with this. Come with expectation. Come with ready for God to do something. Because I'm tired of sitting back and watching the world dictate what goes on and tell us what to do and what's going to happen. But I believe in a God who, who controls the world, who created the world, who created me, created you. And I'm ready to see him do something this morning. So I'm ready to see him do it again. So with every hand raised, with every voice lifted high this morning, and Renee's going to take us and lead us into this song. I want you to believe this morning that you are ready for God to do it again. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won For you have never failed me yet His promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your this is my confidence, you've never failed me yet. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. Yes, you will. My heart will sing your praise again. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, you're still enough. I want you to keep me. Keep me within your love.
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. holding us in your hands, God. We thank you that you hold our loved ones right now in your hands. Thank you for the confidence you give us. That you are always near. You're always with us. Thank you for your sweet presence right here, right now.
in this place. It's no matter what circumstances we're going through in our lives, Lord. We just want to declare that you are, you are the center. It's not about us. It's not about our feelings, our talents, our gifts, Lord. It's all about you. You are worthy. You are holy. There's no one else like you, Lord. We just pray that your spirit just pour down this place, Lord. Let us feel your presence like never before. Let us feel the joy, the joy of the Lord. Your joy, Lord. Every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
all over the sanctuary, lift your hands. We we The Lord of Most High. Somebody need to exalt him no matter what's going on in your life. You need to praise the living God. Praise him right now. yesterday, today, and forever. We stand on that promise this morning, God. We just ask that you keep moving here, God. We give you the praise and glory, and in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. 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 You may be seated.
Amen. God is moving this morning. We'd like to welcome you to Fern Foundation Ministries. If this is your first time, let's welcome all our visitors. And for all of you listening on live stream, we'd like to welcome you here too, whether you're here live with us in your living room, in your kitchen, or your bathroom, wherever you're at, or if you're listening on rebroadcast, thank you for joining us. And please share this as we continue to spread the good news of God. I have the great honor and privilege to be speaking today. Our, our head pastor, Pastor Don, and his wife, Lisa, they are in South Carolina today. He has the great honor to officiate one of his good friends' wedding. So super excited about that. And as you can tell, you know, whether Don is here or not, God is still in charge, right? God is still moving. And just what, what an amazing leader we have that he, that he opens up this door for this crazy 21-year-old 20 like myself. And I'm simply the fruit of leaders like Pastor Don and the elders here. Let's just give the leadership one hand. Man. Super excited to be speaking this morning, but I'm more excited about what God is doing. He's really doing something here. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the whole youth group went to the back to pray for Caden's family, right? Siblings. That's powerful. Come on. Our young people desiring God to move. And one thing that, that God has been speaking to me, this doesn't have to do with my message, but um, for, for Atticus's family or Cadence's family, if you're listening or for anyone who feel like you've been discouraged, that, that this has been heavy on you. You know, in Psalms 23, it's a very famous psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me into green pastures behind still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. It can be very easy to think that as we're walking through the valley, God is on the other side of the valley waiting for us. No, that's not how it is. He is with us in the valley. He is with us this morning as we are going through this season together as a church. As we are walking through this together, He is with us through it. He is holding our hands through this season so we can be at peace. And as you can see, God has never failed us. He has been with us in every season. He has been with us since the doors were shut and we had to go live stream. He was with us then, and he is with us now. So he says, fear not, FFM, for I am with you. Amen. Amen. So if you'd like to turn with me in your Bibles to Acts 5, verse 1. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. And I've been super encouraged about what God has been doing in our church. And being someone who's been a part of this ministry, being part of this home most of my life, I'm just super grateful when I come and I see the young people just taking charge in prayer and seeing just my siblings and seeing um, them lead us into worship. You know, that's just, it just blesses my heart. And, you know, and, and it's always that question, you know, when, when you see God move, when you see God's favor on someone's life, you might be thinking, what is it? You know, what, what does it take for someone to have God's favor on their lives? You know, maybe people... Maybe you've been visiting our church and you're thinking, hmm, what is it about FFM that makes it so special? What is it, or you might, your favorite pastor, you hear him, it's like, man, what is it about that guy that when he speaks, just the fire comes out? This is the question that we have. What does it take for a church to be in line with the will of God? What does it take for a body of believers to walk in favor 
with God and to see him move like never before. You might be thinking, well, Breno, has to be the finances. You know, finances are important for us to move and to navigate the way God has made us. You know, my dad always says, money doesn't buy happiness, but it helps. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, maybe it's the finances. Or maybe you observe a ministry that is doing so well. You observe a, a church and you're like, you know what? It has to be the music. You know, man, they, they, man, when Sean just takes it, come on. When Sean just takes us to the presence of God, man, oh, it has to be the music. You know, the way just Tyler just plays his bass, man. Come on. Oh, the anointing. You know, it has to be the music. You know, the music is what's driving in the church. Maybe you're thinking, no, it has to be the preacher. I have to have an energetic preacher. The type of preacher that drinks like three bangs before he comes on service. See, I can roast him. He's not here. He might fire me Monday, but it's okay. I'm taking advantage. You know, it has to be a preacher that's on fire. He has to be passionate about what he's doing. That's what it takes for a church to be in line with God's will. Well, you, the list goes on and on, but I tell you what, it's none of these things. It's none of these things. And the word that the Lord has given me for this morning, that for us as FFM to be in line with the will of God, we need to be a church of integrity. Yeah. Felt like I just cussed in church. We need to be a church of integrity. We need to be a people of integrity. It can be so easy to focus on the outside. And to be honest with you, I feel like integrity is, is seen as something that's not very important in today's age. Integrity really isn't in the forefront of our minds. Let's be honest. When you, you woke up this morning to come to church, you were in the mirror, you were putting your, your eyeliner, you were putting your mascara, you weren't thinking, man, do I look like an honest person today? I cannot wait to show my integrity this morning at church. Oh, I know how it is. I know how it is. I, you did not wake up this morning, put on your new church shoes. You know, Corey just got these new skinny jeans. You know, he's ready to flex at church. You know, we, we get this outfit. You, you're not in the mirror saying, man, do I look like a person with integrity? Come on. I can't wait to show people how honest of a person I am. Come on, let's go to church. You know, that's not how we really think. I, that's not how I think. You know, because it can be so easy to focus on the outside, to focus on the outward appearance. And we love to focus on what's popular, right? What's the new song? What, what's the top song that I need to download? What's the, what's the most popular movie that I need to watch right now? You know, what's the, what's the most trending show on Netflix right now? What show do I need to, to be a part of? What do I need to focus Man, and we do it in the church too. Man, when is Stephen Furtick's sermon going to come out next? Who's, who's the next? Who's the next Billy Graham that I need to download on my podcast? Who is, who's the next Hillsong? You know, when is Maverick City's album coming out? You know, when is Elevation's music coming out? We, 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 we focus so much on what's new, what's popping, what's popular. But this is the wrong focus, church. And when we have the wrong focus, we have the wrong aim. And you will always aim. Where, wherever you aim, you will always hit that target. Where you aim, you will hit it right in the spot. And I feel like our focus is not on, on, on integrity. It's focused on what's popular. It's focused on what's, what's the most beautiful thing on the outside. And we have this focus because we've been deceived by the world's view on greatness, on success. 
A.W. Tozer said this, Human society generally has fallen to the error of assuming that greatness and fame are synonymous. Church, we cannot equate greatness with fame. We cannot equate success with money. True impact in this world has nothing to do with popularity. Impact, to make impact, to make to have a successful life in 2020 has nothing to do with how much money you have. To be someone who makes a difference has nothing to do with how many followers you have. You know, Kim Kardashian, she has 188 million followers on Instagram. And Jesus had 12. Who made a greater impact? I'm here to encourage somebody. You don't need to have a lot of followers to make a change. You don't need to be popular to make a change. You don't need to have a lot of, yeah, you don't have a lot of money to make a difference in this community. You need integrity. You need love. You need care for those around you. That's when we're going to see real change happen in our lives and those around us. And that's good news, church, because God does not request you to be popular or famous, but he does request you and requires you to live a life of integrity, to live a life of honesty. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The Lord is looking at our hearts. And is God looking down at us and saying, Are we a people of integrity. Can I trust FFM? That's, that's an intense question that we really need to think about. Can God trust us to be the people he's called us to be? Can we be a people of integrity? Well, in this story, in Acts 5, verse 1, we're going to read about a couple who did not walk in integrity. And this, is a, this isn't the, the, the most encouraging story to read, on a Sunday morning, you'll find out soon why. But it, this is encouraging because God is speaking, right? Because if we want to have real transformation, real change in our walk with God, we need to be okay with getting called out. But in our walk with God, it's not even getting called out, it's getting called up. Because His greatest desire is for us to be the best we can be, the closest we can be to Him. So that's what God is doing this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading. I'd like with you to join me, Acts 5, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part of and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie for the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was it sold, was it not your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these things, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look at the feet of those who have buried your husband are out the door, and they will carry you out. 
Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And a young man came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, breathed her by her husband, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who have heard these things. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word. I ask God that you speak to us as, you, as we read this word. God, help us be a people of integrity. Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. This is, oh man. It's funny, when I, uh, when I felt to read this, I, there's a note that I took in like 2015, and all I put was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was like 16 reading this. I'm like, bro, this is insane. Like, this is in the Bible, guys. Like, the Bible is not boring. Like, if you miss any of that thing about, like, this is like a perfect episode for like a soap opera. Like, this is the episode everyone is waiting for. Think about this. The church is just starting, right? The beginning of Acts. This book of Acts is all about the beginning, the, the development of the church of God. The church is starting, and during this time, they're, they're bringing their possessions, they're bringing money to the apostles, kind of like how we bring our tithes, we bring our money to the church. They're doing the same thing. And this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, they, bring, they sold a piece of their land. They come to Peter and said, hey, this is the money, this is all of the money that we have come up with from the land we sold. But then God spoke to Peter, and Peter is like, nope, you lied. And you didn't just lie to me, you lied to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, this is a movie. Like, this is crazy. This couple lied about the amount that they gave to the church. Peter calls them out for it, and they fall and die. Like, that's crazy. Like I said, this is not a very uplifting, bless the Lord on my soul type of <laughs> scripture. But God is in this because this shows us how, how crucial it is to be a people of honesty. And this shows us that God does not play around with those who live a life of lying. And as we break open this scripture and we want to see what did they do in their lives that got them to this point, to conceiving this lie, to lying to the Holy Spirit, my first point today is that they desired to impress man. So as we see, verse 1 and 2, right? Ananias and Sapphira, they sold their possession. Now here's a very interesting detail. Right before this story, literally, Three verses before this, in Acts 4, 36 and 37, there was a man named Barnabas. He sold a piece of his land to the church, and it was beautiful. It was great. And maybe Ananias and Sapphira are thinking, man, Barnabas, he, he was a generous man. He was a generous man. We want to receive that same, we want to receive that same respect of being generous. Here's something that's interesting. Right, and then it says they kept back some of the money for themselves. Well, the ancient Greek word for kept back is novisumai. Definitely said it wrong, but it was close. Novisumai, which means to misappropriate. The same word was used of Achan's theft back in the book of Joshua when he kept back his gold and silver. Remember that story? Where Achan, he decided to keep back the gold and silver when they defeated Jericho, the same word is being used in this story, that how they kept back the money for themselves. And in both narratives, an act of deceit interrupts the victorious progress of the people of God. God doesn't mess around when it comes to integrity. And as I'm reading this, I'm seeing 
their desire to please others, their desire to have this image of spirituality. And God just spoke and said, we do the same thing. We do the same thing today. We desire to be loved by others. We desire to be pleased by men and women around us. And in this moment, just like Ananias and Sapphira, we worry about our reputation more than our integrity. That's my question this morning, church. Are you more worried about your outward reputation or your integrity with God? This is a question that only you can answer, church. Because when we live as people pleasers, we worry more about our image more than our honest relationship with God. And it gets dangerous because we put ourselves in in position that aren't necessary simply to please other people. The crazy thing about this story is that this lie didn't have to happen. Like, Ananias could have came to Peter and said, hey, we sold a piece of our land. This is part of the money. He could have easily said, hey, to be honest with you, you know, money's been tight, but we still love the church. We care for the church. You know, here's the blessing. This is all we can come up with, but here you go. He could have been honest, and it could have been a blessing. But because he was so stressed out about, man, what are they going to think? What are they going to think? I'm just going to lie, cover it up, just so I can look super spiritual around my friends, and everything's going to be okay. And we do the same thing today. I do the same thing today. The crazy thing about this sermon is that it's speaking to me more than anyone else. Because I don't know if you've been in this situation too, but we lie about our daily Bible reading just to make ourselves look more spiritual. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but there have been moments where people come to me and say, hey, how's your daily Bible reading? So good, man. It is so good. I cannot stop reading. And then I can just move on. Come on, has anyone else been there? We're a leader. The spiritual man, Doug Swartz, says, how's your Bible reading? Good, Doug. Good. I got to go. I got to finish my Bible reading for tomorrow. <laughs> like, you know, and we get so fearful. It's like, man, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? So we have these white lies. It's like, yep, I did, my, I did my reading. Or how's your prayer life? Oh, so good. Got to go. Got to go talk to God. <laughs> like, because we're just, we're just so worried, right? We get so worried about pleasing people around us. And we, we put ourselves in these positions that aren't necessary. Simply to please others. Simply because we desire so much to be loved and to be liked by other people more than being loved and honored by God. Because God is the one is like, yo, You haven't talked to me for a good amount of time. That's so much more important, church. Man, it feels good when someone likes our comment on Facebook. It feels good when someone likes our comment on Instagram. And we can just get so caught up in the moment of like, oh yeah, this person disagrees with me. Perfect, perfect time for me to come in and just say how I feel so all my other friends who agree with me can like my comment and we can support each other and we can argue against this person. But in these moments on social media, are we thinking, is this bringing honor and love and respect to my brother or sister? Do we take the time and say, man, if this person's grandmother was watching our Facebook conversation, would she be happy? 
This is a real thing. But there's this something that feeds inside our flesh that we want to be pleased by others and we want to prove others wrong simply so we can look like we're the good guy, we're the smart guy, and we're the right person. But it is affecting our whole lives, our whole eternity, because we're sacrificing our integrity just to please our brother. And this needs to change. And instead of wanting to prove to one another that we're right or wrong, we need to prove our love and commitment in our honest relationship with God. It's so much more important, church. And when you walk in integrity, your life begins to change, but it starts. We need to figure out where does this start for us to be people. Okay, maybe you're here and you're like, you're right. I struggle with people pleasing. I, I get in positions where where my integrity is being affected because I'm in a crossroad. I want to please this person. But the first place, the way to remove the desire of pleasing others is replacing it with a desire for God. I talked about this a couple months ago where we can talk so much about the love that God has for us, but we need to observe our lives and look at the love we have for him because it's a relationship of both ways. We must desire God more than desiring others. To be a person of integrity, you need to be a person of the secret place. You need to be a person where you will run to God when no one is watching. When when the cameras aren't up here on Sunday mornings, when, when the worship team sees you in your seat. No, when no one else is watching, you need to run to God. It even talks about it in Scripture, Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your father in his secret place, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Guys, we don't have to worry about being rewarded by our friends when we're getting rewarded by God. Come on. We don't have to worry about getting popularity from people around us when we are honored and the hand of God is on us because we make the decision to go and pray when no one is watching, to go and worship when no one is watching. That's what's most important. We need to be like a child. In his presence, we're a child. To be a child in his arms. Desiring God equals pleasing God. Galatians 1.10, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that's some heavy stuff right there. This is straight from the Word of God. Paul was being serious when he said, if I'm still trying to please man, I'm not a servant of Christ. And that's heavy. Because at the same time, we can walk around and say, yeah, I'm a child of God. I'm a servant of God. But then at the same time, we walk in fear every day because we're worried so much about what other people think. We're worried so much. Or even like I said in the beginning, man, I'm not pretty enough to go to church. All the other church girls are so much more prettier than me. I don't want to come hang out with the guys because they're just so much more spiritual than me. I don't want to hang out with them because what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of me? But when you go into the secret place and you come one-on-one with God and say, man, I may not feel beautiful right now, but you call me beautiful. You call me mine. You call me your treasure. There's this confidence that walks, that, that develops in your heart where you can go to any room, any situation, and you will not move because you stand on the identity you have in Christ. Doesn't matter what happens on the news. Doesn't matter if the numbers of COVID increase or decrease. You will not be shaken. 
you will not be moved because you know who you are in Christ. And that's where it starts, church. To be a person of integrity, you need to walk one-on-one with God every single day. And this is super cool. When I was studying this, God revealed this to me. You know, what's a, syn- what's a syn- uh, synonym? That means the same, right? Yes. Thank you, Mom. I went to Bible school, but C's get degrees. Anyways, a synonym for integrity is truth, right? Who's Jesus? The way, the truth, and the life. The only way to live in true integrity is to walk with the one who is simply that. He is integrity. Jesus is honesty. Jesus is truth. And when you decide to walk with him every single day, to cry out to him every single day, you will begin to be like Christ. You will begin to desire truth, desire honesty. And this is where integrity happens, in the secret place. When we desire God, we don't have to desire man anymore. We find integrity when we find God. And as we look in this scripture, they came to a place in their lives where they lied not only to man, but to God. And as we continue in this scripture, that my second point, the first point, we, we desire to, to impress man, which causes us to fall. And another point is we lie to God. We lie not only to our brother and sister, but we lie to God. Verse 3 and 4, Peter, so this lie just happened. They just gave the money. They just lied about it. Peter says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? God apparently gave Peter supernatural knowledge of what Ananias had done. Peter, but listen, Peter did not accuse Ananias of lying to the church or to the apostles, but to the Holy Spirit himself. In the next part, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? This is super important, church. Hear me out. Satan had filled the heart of Ananias. Yet Peter could ask him, why have you conceived this in your heart? Because Satan, he can influence the life of a believer. But he can't do the sinning for you. Satan can influence your life. He can come and bring temptation. He can come and bring those lies in your ear. But you have the free will choice to listen to the deception. And this is what Ananias did in this moment. And it can be so easy to play the blame game when we fall and when we sin to think, Satan, why did you, why did you do this to me? Satan, why did this happen? But the truth is, church, we're the ones that make the decision to listen to the deception or to respond to the deception in truth. We cannot be passive because passivity will always cause you to listen to the deception. If you're trying to live your Christian life passive and going with the flow, whatever happens, happens, you will fall every time. If you are not intentional about understanding that there is a battle going on between good and evil, deception and truth, you will fall every single time. Because of pride, it becomes so easy to develop this outward image, like we talked about in the beginning, 
And it's too easy to be happy with the image of spirituality without the reality of spiritual life. It is too easy to be happy with the image of spirituality without the reality of spiritual life. If you are investing more in your spiritual image more than your spiritual life, there will be no spiritual life to carry that spiritual image. And that's why we see moral failures. That's why, that's why these things happen where we're like, man, I thought this person was like this. I thought this person was like this. And then, bam, there was no foundation that that person was standing on because we so focus so much more on our, on our surface level lives, our surface level situations. And because we don't, we don't focus on what's deeper, there's nothing to hold the surface level. And now we have fallen to the ground and we have nothing left to give. And we find ourselves trapped, just like Ananias, where he has nothing left to give. At first, he had an offering of money to give, but now he has nothing because he listened to the deception. And in this moment, like it said, you're not lying to yourself only. You're lying to God. And we lie to, we lie to ourselves and say, I don't have anger issues. I don't have a problem with lust. I don't have a drinking problem. I'm not bitter against that family member that, that exposed me years ago, that hurt me years ago. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. And in these moments, we're lying to ourselves. Because the reason why we walk with Christ is because we need Christ. We need to understand, church, that we are broken people that have problems. There's no difference between us in this room and those who aren't in this room this morning. Listen, there's no difference between us who came to church early and those who decided to sleep in. We are just as broken as them. I tell you what, we need Jesus just as much as those across the street need Jesus. There is no difference. We are just as broken. But in this moment of brokenness, we can, we can come to the feet of Jesus. We can come to that secret place and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. In our walk with God, in our lives, there's no middle ground. It's either hot or cold. You're either in or you're either out. And this morning I'm here to say you're either walking in repentance or you're walking in deception. Check this out. You might be hearing this story and you might be thinking, man, that guy Peter, he's a spiritual guy. It sounds like he got everything, he has everything set in stone. He is a great guy. But do you remember my sermon back in June when I talked about Peter? The one who lied about knowing Jesus? This same man that, that called out this lie is the same man that lied against Jesus. But what did Peter do? He repented. What did Peter do? He, he admitted that he had a problem and that he wanted to fix it. And God was able to restore Peter. And now here is Peter leading the church that we are now experiencing today. And that's my question this morning. Are you a Peter or are you an Ananias? Because Peter's walking in repentance while Ananias was walking in deception and pride. Repentance or deception, deception, church? Because repentance comes from God, deception comes from Satan. 
So are you walking with God or are you walking with Satan? Because we can say on the surface level, I'm a Christian. I go to FFM, the big, nice, shiny, fancy church in Centerville. Yeah, that's where I go. But are you walking with God or are you walking with Satan? Because Ananias and Sapphira, they were part of the church. They were part of the really cool church, the movement of Jesus, of the son of Nazareth, the one that died on the cross. I live for him. I'm going to walk with Peter. I'm going to walk with those cool guys. But he was walking in deception. And we, we need to look at our own lives and say, man, this morning I want to make the decision. The time is now, church. Thing is, like I said, Peter, he was walking in deception. But he decided to live in repentance. You can walk in that today, church. And Jesus, he wants to help us be free from our sin. The first step to finding Jesus is admitting that you need Jesus, is admitting that you need him. And we all need him, church. And to be a person to live in integrity, you need to be real. You need to understand, hey, I got issues. Am I perfect? No, but I'm real. Breno's real because I can admit that I have issues. I can admit that I have problems. I can admit that I struggle reading. I can admit that I can, in the middle of a sermon, forget that synonymous means the same and, and, and antonym means the opposite. Right? Did I say? <laughs> exactly. I can say that I got issues. I'm not perfect. But I'm walking with someone who is. And his name is Jesus. You know, and I don't surround myself with perfect people. Like Tyler, he's definitely not perfect. <laughs> but he knows that he needs Jesus too. And it's better to expose a small issue that may be embarrassing to some than to hide it for years and it ruins your life. And when we look at our lives, when we look at the, the lowest of lows, when we look in that moment where we fall to sin, we fall to pornography, pornography, we cheat on our wives. When we get to this moment, we simply didn't fall in this moment. We fell two years ago when we didn't call out the white lies, when we didn't handle the situation. As a young man, I struggled with lust. I struggled with pornography. And I didn't fall just in that moment of watching the video. I fell 10 hours prior when I kept watching Netflix, when I kept watching the music videos. And piece by piece, I got closer to the edge. Piece by piece, I got closer to the edge, closer to the edge. I'm in this moment where I fall and I crash. And it wasn't because I made the crazy decision right in that moment. Hey, I'm going to fall into this sin. No, I did it because I was so passive with my relationship with God in the moments prior that it caused me to fail in that moment. And this is why we fall to sin. This is why we get to this place because we didn't respond in authority. Steps way before that moment where in that moment when you show up to work, and your, and your coworker makes that comment, 
that causes your mind to go somewhere. You need to stop it right there in that moment. You need to leave the you need to leave that break room. You need to go to your car if you have to and say, God, I rebuke this attack from Satan in Jesus' name. I proclaim truth over my life. I'm a pure man of God. I'm a pure son of God. We need to attack right away. But no, we, we decide to walk in passiveness. Oh, whatever happens, happens. Whatever, oh, if I read today, I'm going to read today. If I have time to pray, I'm going to have time to pray. And that's when the enemy comes in and he slips deception. He slips in the deception when we're not, when we're not uh, walking in that authority that Christ has given us. And I'm here to tell you today, church, please, please walk in the authority that Jesus has given you. Because you have that authority as a woman of God, as a man of God. You don't have to live in passivity. You don't have to listen to the lies that have been being told by you, by your, even your family members, by people on Facebook. You don't have to live by those things. You have an identity in Christ. You have an authority in Christ that you can live by, you can walk by, you can stomp on the devil every single day. You can stomp on his head when you get to work. You can stomp on his head when you get to the store and you're tempted. You can stop and stop and stop for the rest of this life and for the rest of eternity, eternity because he's already been defeated. The one who's tempting you, he's trying because he already knows who you are in Christ. He knows that if, that if you just take a glimpse of who you are in Christ, you're going to walk different. And we need to understand that we need Jesus. We need to stop worrying about our self-image. Stop. Stop trying so hard to have the best Facebook. Stop trying to make your Instagram look all pretty with the right filter and the right thing. Stop because you're wasting time because God has so much more below the surface that he wants to do in your life. So much more, church. So much more. We need to be real and say, God, I have a problem and I need you. We need to stop worrying about our reputation and start worrying about what's deep inside because everyone knows about the top. Everyone knows about the surface level, but only you and God know about, knows what's going on below the surface. And we find that through repentance in God. And he wants to help us, church. He wants to. He desires to. So in this story, like I said, this is a tough story. <clears throat> In this last part, you know, they bring the money to Peter. Say, yep, we gave this much. And then Peter says, you lied. You didn't lie to me, but you lied to God. And what happens next is crazy. They, uh, he first calls out Ananias, the husband. He falls down and he breathes his last breath. He dies. And this, this was an intense consequence. But it shows us how God takes honesty. He takes it seriously. He takes integrity seriously, church. It's a matter of life and death. And we can tell by the story that that's literal. It's a matter of life and death. And in that moment, you may not fall and die to the ground like Ananias did, but there is a spiritual life that you are killing every time you decide to walk in dishonesty. God wants to bring life into that. And this, the shock of, of being exposed was too much for Ananias. You know, like, like this moment right here is our greatest fear for people who struggle, right? 
growing up, like I said, I struggled with, I had my struggles. And my biggest fear was getting caught. My biggest fear was getting exposed. And this is probably the same thing that Ananias is feeling in this moment, where he is just so shocked of just this, this place of like, wow, I've been caught, I've been exposed. He dies. But here's the thing. For many Christians in compromise, their greatest fear is not in sinning itself, but in being found out. And another thing that's important, that there's a difference between repentance and getting caught. There's a difference between being exposed and truly wanting forgiveness. Because whether you get caught or not, you're already exposed. Because God sees that and you're lying to him. And your sin will always catch up to you. And it will always be exposed. Whether here on earth or when that judgment day comes and you're facing God one-on-one. And our biggest concern should not be getting caught. We need to be concerned about the life after this one. We need to be concerned about where we are with God today. And as much as anything, the lesson of Ananias and Sapphira is that we presume greatly on God when we assume that there's always time to repent, time to get right with God, time to get honest with Him. Any such time given by God is an undeserved gift, an undeserved grace. I wake up every morning and say, God, by your mercy, you're allowing me to breathe. By your mercy, you're letting me come work at the church, work with Pastor Don. And by your mercy, I still have my parents with me. I still have my beautiful sister that I can kiss and hug every day. By your mercy, God. And I keep falling into sin. I keep, I keep lying. I keep doing all these things in my life. But by his grace and mercy, I can say, God, thank you that you're still allowing us to move. Even when we're not perfect, you're still using us. This is a place where we need to say this is an undeserved gift that he owes no one. But this is why we need to focus now more than ever before that today is the day to change. Today is the day to repent. Today is the day to say, you know what? I'm broken. But God, you can heal this. Like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Matt preached an amazing sermon, right? God, my God heals. That was powerful, right? That spoke to me so much. I was here on the altar. Like, God, you are the healer. You are healing today. And just like Don, when he talked about his story years ago, when he came and put his chair in the front saying, today is the day that I'm going to find healing. You're maybe here today and there may be family members that you have in your life that you've been praying for, that you've been hoping for, that you've been wondering for. Today is the day that they're going to return. Today is the day where we can cry out and say, God, I need you. The time to repent is now. And as we continue in this story, then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. So fittingly, just like Ananias, his wife experienced the same, same, the same uh, consequence 
And the same shock of just being found out, the shock and horror. And in noticing the comparison between the incident of Ananias and the incident of Achan, remember when I brought up earlier, Achan, he kept the money? What happened? Everyone died. Even the animals. Everyone got affected. And you think about that the decisions that you make with your integrity will not only cost your life, but the cost of others. The decisions you make will affect the people around you. Because you see that the decision that Ananias made, as the leader of the house, he was the head of the house, his decision caused death on his whole household. And we see it today, right? Gambling does not just cost the person who gambled. It costs everyone else who's being supported by that person financially. When, we, when you see a moral failure in a church, it's not just costing the life of a pastor. It's costing a whole ministry of just shock and horror and disbelief. When a leader falls... There's so, think, of, think of those under that person, that their lives will never be the same. Even in your own life, maybe there was a person years ago that lied to you, and that is still affecting you today, right? Someone decided to not live in integrity and lie to God, and that caused them to get to a place to sin, and it affected your life too, This is not a game, church. And if you're visiting today and you want to be a church of people who want to give you a very nice, sweet sermon, go out, love God loves you, be the person, whatever, this is not FM. And we are real, and we know that true transformation only comes through repentance. And that's why I'm saying this. I'm not saying this to, to bring you down, to cast you down and saying you're a liar. You, no, I'm telling you that we all need Jesus today. We all need his grace. We all need to run to the Father today and say we need you. The water bottle needs him. So when we see this scripture, we need to also remember this that the church was just being started. The church was just beginning. And this was actually a merciful act upon God because God had to be clear on what's acceptable in this early community. You know, for, for Jesus to establish a small group of people that will affect the rest of the earth and the rest of the time here on earth, he needed to be very strict and careful with who he was going to use. And that makes me think that's probably why Jesus called out Peter before the church started. Because Jesus knew that if we don't handle this situation right now, this is going to affect us later in, the, later in the process. And God knew that if I don't speak to Peter right now and show him that Ananias is living a lie, this is going to affect the church for the rest of time. And aren't you grateful, aren't you glad that God used people 
who are walking in integrity to now open the door, open the gateway for you to live a life with God in integrity. It would be unmerciful to let dissension and evil stay in the church in these early stages because God needed this group of people. And let me ask this morning, FFM, at what extent does our integrity impact our mission as Christians? At what extent does our integrity impact our mission in Centerville and in Sturgis and in LaGrange, Coldwater, Colon, Kalamazoo, Elkhart? At what extent does our integrity impact our mission? At what extent, how far do we need to go to sacrifice our images on social media and our images on, uh, in our family to actually be the people that God has called us to be here in this county, here in this community? Can we be a light in the world if there is deception and sin in our own camp? Can we make a difference to other people if we're living a lie just like them? We need to be different. We need to be different. And that's the greatest way to evangelize. The greatest way to preach the gospel is to live it in your own life. And I'm not saying walk in perfection. I'm saying walk in a place where you can say, I'm broken, but I need Jesus. And I know you need him too. That's how we find change. But here's the encouragement. If you haven't been encouraged yet, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But here's an encouragement, church. The devil wants to destroy you because he knows that if you begin to walk in honesty, his kingdom is going to fall. Come on. Think about it. The devil is trying so hard to ruin your life because if you walk in the purpose God has for for you, you're going to ruin his. Because the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But what's the next part? I have come to give life and life more abundantly. And this is something that we need to realize but be excited about. Here's why. We live in a world that loves to see others fall and loves to see drama happen, loves to see gossip happen, loves to see people live in fear. That's what the world loves to see. The enemy loves to see a people live in fear and freak out about everything. But if you catch a glimpse of everything it is that God has for you, if you just take a peek, at the full purpose that God has for your life, you're going to start to walk a little bit different. You're going to start to talk a little bit different. You're going to start to walk in this authority that doesn't come from your own strength, but authority that comes from God. And when drama begins to happen, you're going to call it out and say, nope, not here. And when deception begins to creep in in your, in your workplace, you're going to say, nope, not here. We're going to be a people of honesty. When people are going to try to lie and try to cheat different numbers, you're going to be able to call it out and say, no, we're going to be a company of honesty. Because when you walk in the purpose of God that he has for you, your whole life is changed. Your whole life is affected. And you will not move. You will stand on the foundation that is in Christ Jesus. 
And when we walk in this purpose, when we walk in this purpose, all these shots are going to be coming to you. You know how it is as soon as Monday hits. All these shots coming at you. People saying lies about you. People discouraging you on, on social media. People with all these different opinions on Black Lives Matter and everything. But if you walk and if you stand in the word of God and be the person God has called you to be, they will not affect you. You can stand strong in who you are in Christ. You can stand strong in who he is. Because we will not be a people affected by what's going on out there, we will actually be the response to make a change. We will be the response to make a difference in our community, in every city, in every neighborhood, every place that we are as FFM walk, people who walk as FFM attendees and whatever you want to call yourself, when Christ is in us and when we live in honesty, it brings a greater effect than you can imagine. Because God has called us to be a people of integrity. I can invite the worship team up for the next song or whatever. And this is the secret ingredient to being the people God has called us to be. A people of integrity. A people of honesty. A people where we, we, don't, we won't worry about what people say about us online or, or at our workplace. We won't worry about that because we know who we are in Christ. And we will say, you know what? My relationship with God is so much more important than my image. Who I am in the inside is so much more important than what people see on the outside. And the cool thing is, when you live in integrity, God will reward you on the outside. He does it every time. Every time I have made the decision to live in integrity and to be honest when no one is watching, he puts me in positions where he blesses me on the outside, blessings that I don't deserve. Blessings that I don't deserve. And I can say confidently that because I ran to the secret place, and I prayed to God, say, God, I need you. I'm broken. I have issues. I have problems. Real change started happening in my life. And blessings started to come that I couldn't even deserve. I couldn't even explain to you why that happened. It's because when we make the choice of integrity, our life changes. You can stand with me, please. like I said in the beginning, what does it take for a church to be used by God? What does it take for God to use us and be the people that he has called us to be? It's integrity. These lights are really cool. Like, makes me look good for once. Because I'm ugly, right, Trey? Trey lets me know every day, hey man, just want to let you know you're ugly. So, he's real. So these lights are nice. It's really cool. We have a really nice building, right? God has blessed us with this building. You know, we have an amazing youth room with some new hammock chairs. So a little plug for youth group tonight, 530. Come enjoy the hammock chairs. 
You know, all of these things are cool. They, they are effective in many ways. But this is not what it takes to be a church. It has nothing to do with it. We need to be a church of integrity. And when you look at your own life today, the degree that you got, that's not going to keep you. Your position at your job, the wisdom that, that God has given you for your job, all of that, that's not going to keep you. What's going to keep you is living a life of integrity, living a life in honesty, especially today where we're surrounded by lies. Turn on the TV. You can get five lies in the next five minutes. Come on. Five seconds. But God wants us to be a people of honesty. And like I was saying, now is the time to change. Now is the time to come to the feet of Jesus and say, God, I have issues, but you can help me. I have problems, God, but you can help me. Or even if it's not that, to just come to him and say, God, I need you. I need strength, God, to walk in this situation, God. Or maybe you made that choice of being honest and being and walking in integrity, but people around you are mad at it for it. God, give me the grace. Give me the grace. Whatever it is, now is the time. Now is the time to change. Now is the time for repentance. Now is the time to be the man, to be the woman of God he has called you to be. And we have this altar open. There is no pressure. Whether you pray in your seat or pray right here in the front, God will still hear you. It's not like he has a greater Wi-Fi connection up here. But something happens in me when I come to the altar. And when I fall in the face, in my face, and say, God, I need you. Help me. I love you, God. I, please don't hold back. So I'm going to share one thing. I've been reading this book on Billy Graham. And back, back in the day, Billy Graham, he was getting a lot of flake for altar calls. Some theologians didn't like it that Billy Graham was doing some altar calls. And one time, Billy Graham, he decided not to do an altar call. and said, you know what, it's all good. Just pray, go home. When we come back next week, then we can have an altar call. He closed the service, everyone went home, and that was the night of the Chicago fire that killed many. And Billy said to himself that it haunted him for the rest of his life that he didn't make that decision to call out an altar call. And I share this because we don't know what happens when we leave today. And that thing in your heart that you feel like you need to change or even receive Jesus for the first time, that's God saying it's time. It's time. Maybe you're walking in that sin or walking in that situation. God isn't here saying it's time. Don't wait. Don't, don't wait for a better opportunity. Now is the time. So you know what you have to do this morning. And we are here, open arms, ready to welcome you, 
we're, we have leaders here ready to pray for you, but whatever it is, now is the time to cry out to God like never before. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of the sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of your spell? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar.
think we can take an extra few minutes. Jesus is still calling. And if you're putting it off, if you're putting it off right now, we're going to give you that extra time for you to release and to come. And as the prodigal son ran into the arms of his father, you can come and you can run to the father. We'll give you just a little bit more. Josh Barron shared a word, and I feel it's appropriate for today. He said, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Now's the time. Behind your 
you to extend your hands out this morning. And join me in, in prayer. And Father God, right now, every every heart, every soul that is uh, come forward this morning, God, we, we extend our arm out and we stand in defense of them as the, uh, as the enemy will come with attacks against them. Uh, Father, we stand in defense. And we pray blessing upon them. We, we pray for a, re, uh, re, a restoration. God, whatever the devil has stolen, Lord, we pray that you would restore to them, uh, not just once, but, uh, but, but sevenfold, Father God. What the enemy has, has taken, what the enemy has meant for evil, God, we pray that you would make it for good. Uh, God, we pray for those who have come and prayed for healing. We declare it in your name. And God, most of all right now for, for Atticus and Caden, Father God, we, we come with expectation of the healing that you're about to do. And God, for the family, uh, as the parents have traveled out there, and for uh, Caden's siblings, as they're here this morning, as uh, Caden's siblings are here this morning, and, and the youth, as you may have noticed during the worship time, the youth, uh, they went back and they led. They just went back and they surrounded and they loved them. And we are so honored that you guys are here this morning. And for Shay and for all of the parents and for those who have let us know that you're watching, we love you. We are torn with you, but we support you. And we are lifting you up and believing along with you. We will we'll continue to stand. Continue to stand. So Father God, we want to return next Sunday for a celebration. As we see the baptisms taking place, uh, we want to come with joy and excitement for the healing that will take place and for the lives that will be changed. Lord, I thank you for our people who give so selflessly. They just give, God, and give and give. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for, for being 
the almighty God. And we thank you for the powerful word and the powerful worship this morning. And so, Lord, let's lift up a shout of praise to our Father as we get ready to leave this morning. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we want you to go and be blessed in the same way that you're blessing these, uh, these families. Um, continue to watch on, uh, on social media um, for, for opportunities as they arise. We'll continue to give you information. Do not go one day without taking time to pray. One day, that's all it, that's all it is. Every day, a couple of minutes. If you can go every hour praying for them, great. But if you can every day, make sure you take some time to pray for them and to offer your support. We love you. We are, we're so blessed you were here this morning. We want you to go in the power and the name of Jesus out into the world and go make a difference. Thank you and have a wonderful week this week.